Gotta believe. Believe. Three, two, one, go. Hi, welcome to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. And Hi. this is episode 150. Which I guess in terms of a 12-month year is actually not any sort of anniversary, but it's 150, so. That's pretty cool. It's half like. of 300. 300. What was our original goal? I mean, what did we What did we say? 20? Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you were going to drag me along for 100 episodes. Hmm. No matter what the con, you know, no matter no matter the ups, the downs, the whatevers. You mean you your, were, you mean your charisma was carrying us to a hundred episodes. That's you you were gonna you were you said you were like you gotta you gotta stick with me for a hundred of them. So we've already run fifty past that. I'm I'm happy. Uh, keep things going. Uh, keep it keep it rolling. Old man in it over here. So right, I was watching Chernobyl, and I've I've you know espoused my love of this series but it reminds me of that time when i was a child around around this time whenever we were in love with stories of urban legends and you know government experimentation and all these things that came out when are they we had books like this when when we were youths when we were two youths the the books where you know friday friday night at like 11 o'clock at night on you know like strange mysteries hairy hands wait no that was that was actually a that was one where they were driving and the, these hands would take the anyway never mind i don't want to go into that story but i wanted to talk about what were your favorite stories of urban legends or stuff like that and and for an example my favorite of all time and i have this movie and it was called the Philadelphia Experiment. And if you don't know what any of that is, there was this story of this uh, U.S. battleship, the uh, the USS Eldridge, where government was doing uh, experiments on trying to make a ship invisible to radar. Well, they ran cables and had generators on this ship, supposedly, and their interviews with men that were on the ship to where they they ran this experiment, you know, cables everywhere and blah blah blah, risk of being electrocuted and all that. Well, they it worked and it went invisible to radar, but not only did it go invisible to radar, but the entire ship supposedly disappeared out of the Philadelphia dockyard and reappeared some other place and these other ships reported seeing like 200 miles away running into the uh, the Eldridge, and then the ship showed back up, and there was people halfway phased through the bulkhead, and, and and people like that left the ship came. There was there was a story like one one of the navalmen, you know, after the experiment was over, went to see his family, and he he started acting weird, got up and walked through a wall, and was never seen again. You know what? Like what? Oh, this is crazy! You know. And the movie, you know, is a cheesy uh, 80s movie. It had the guy out of Eddie and the Cruisers, and I can't remember his name. But I loved it so much. And that's that's my favorite story of that time, you know. And we have, you know, the Area 51 stuff and Roswell and all that. Uh, Sean, what, what were your, you know, I know you're going to mention your favorite one, but a couple of your other ones, too. 
Well, you know, I mean, I, I always enjoyed the stories out of Area 51. Those were awesome. Um, this past vacation that we took, not, not the one that's ending today, but the previous one, you know, we had discussed going to someplace like Roswell because that, that would be awesome. That would be, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy aliens. I enjoy the idea that there's something else out there. So those have always been real fun to me, but you know, I, my favorite is the only one that's real probably is Bigfoot. So... Dig into that a little. Now, are you you only only American Bigfoot, or do you think Yeti and all that? You know, uh, and the... I'll go with all of it. You know, I mean, if I'm gonna go big, I bet as well. You know, go for all of it. You know, if I look about it truly scientifically, there's probably not a Bigfoot, but I would love to see Bigfoot. I would love for Bigfoot to be real. So that's the reason he's my favorite, and I think that would be. You know, it's not crazy, depending on the lifespan of the animal, to believe that there's a small migratory, you know, sections of Bigfoots that move move around and big feet. Yeah, big feet. That that would be probably my favorite one. But dude, when you talk about Philadelphia Experiment, I I love that type of stuff as well. You know, the the Tunguska blast that occurred in what was it, nineteen forty something over Russia. Still to this day, more than likely a midair you know meteor explosion or something that caused that. But how did it happen and stuff like that? You know, there's there's always questions to be uh, answered about these things that we enjoy. And I think the questions are what make us enjoy them so much. Yeah, I, the conspiracy stuff is, is when you start looking at it as an adult, it's more like, uh, you know, you don't want to be, I don't want to sound like a flat earther. Oh, God. That's right, yeah. You know, but I mean, when you were a kid, this stuff was... It, it you know inspired your inspir- your uh, imagination. You had you know like the Project Blue Book stuff, and you know oh, yeah. oh does the government know? And does the pre- do they tell the do they take the president aside like his first day and go okay sir here's the black budget and here's what's going on. You can't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah you don't want to end up like Tom DeLonge. <laughs> oh no. Which I, I'm gonna tell you. I as soon as I find a way to watch his series, I'm going to watch it. Uh, Tom DeLonge, the former uh, lead singer of Blink-182, has he's been away from the band about three years now, but he's mainly focusing on nothing but uh, aliens and proving that our government has had contact with aliens for many years, and it's all a cover-up. He's taken a lot of time. I was watching uh, the other day uh, a really famous YouTuber I watched, Peter McKinnon, he pops in and there he is at Tom DeLonge's house talking about how to shoot 4K and how to shoot 8K. And I guess, you know, Tom's big into cameras and, you know, he, he's got his new show coming out. Uh, I cannot for the life of me think what it's called. But, you know, it, it's basically like an unsealed Alien Files type show. And he he says in his statement that they are going to put out pure fat. That's what he wants to do, is to disseminate pure facts to the people. So this could be a pretty boring show because, (laughs) you know, it all depends on your level of conspiracy as to what is considered fact and what's out there. And, you know, 
whether our government really has had contact with aliens and all that good stuff. So, you know, that he, he, that fits right into this topic. So maybe maybe uh, we should all believe in Tom DeLonge. But uh, anyway, I, I thought that'd be something fun. Um, that is awesome. But something that's really fun I wanted to talk about that I learned today. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is about to open in uh, Disney World. I watched a video of where you go and build your lightsaber. And it yeah. looked amazing. And it's $200 amazing because that's what you'll pay for an appointment and building your own lightsaber and taking it home. One ninety nine okay. plus tax. So, so here, here's my question. For you, right now, as somebody that goes to Disney on the regular, is this in the... I mean, when you go, are you going to be like, well, I have to set aside an extra, you know... 215 bucks for this. You mean an is extra that... 400 because I, I could not go and do this and not have my son do it as well. Well, you could always just hand it down to him and then act like it was some kind of lineage thing. <laughs> you, you know, but but you're right. You're right. You're but right. now so this... 400, so 400 bucks. And, and this was pretty amazing because, I mean, you came in, they had... You know, hundreds of different parts. Like, you don't... It's not just a generic lightsaber. You literally build your own lightsaber. You select your own crystal. You select your own hilt. There was, like, eight different parts that you you do on your own. And, and makes it completely unique to you. You build it That's right awesome. there. There are people helping you. And, you know, there's, uh, there's Yoda giving a message, which is new dialogue from Frank Oz. And, yeah. You know, and it was all like, it wasn't just an area. Like, you go to a, you went to a, a this this place, and you walked, milled around and looked at your different options and stuff like that, and then they take you back into the bowels of this place where you go, and there's this sacred Assembly. place where you assemble everything, and nice. and it was really neat. I mean, they really did a great job with it, and um, so, made me super excited to, to even think about going. So what color crystal? For me? Yeah. Um, I can't lie. I would probably go green. Um, oh. I, I don't know. I mean, Kenobi blue is one thing. Um, yeah. You, you know what I do. Red. Red. That's right. It's true. I would. It would be an awesome Sith lightsaber. Sucker. Oh, uh, rebel so scum. <laughs> I haven't watched anything. I was I was looking at some. Uh, 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 they they've of course let media in to get some stuff going, and they have they have up on YouTube right now tours of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, it looks amazing. That's awesome. Um, so, Sean, what is if you went to Disney World today? Would that be your only interest, or? What what piques your interest about Disney World if that's where you, your destination was? It, it would be mainly the Star Wars stuff. Um, you know, obviously any of the Marvel uh, stuff would bring me in, but yeah, Star Wars would be mainly it. I just, I, I just, you know, we like we talked. There, there's not a lot to Disney other than Marvel and Star Wars that truly appeals to me at this point in time in my life. So, 
I'd I'd be happy with just spending the day at Galaxy Edge. Oh yeah, or a couple. Um, yes. So related to that, Jim Henson, because Disney has, you know, the Muppets down there. They have this great Muppet theater, and a lot of their stuff is Muppet related. The trailer for the Dark Crystal series, yeah, dropped, and yeah. it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because it's it is Muppets. But, but it is like new techniques in CG, and it looks great. What did What did you think about it? Um, I'm ready. Let, let's go for it. You yeah. know, uh, Dark Crystal is not one that I could say is, you know, is never in my repertoire of movies that was on rotation. I remember watching it. Uh, in all honesty, I would want to watch the the movie again before jumping into the series, just so that. You know, I know where my feet are. And I know what what my surroundings are going to be like. And uh, but it looks amazing. I mean, it tr- truly looks incredible. So I'm all for watching this. Yeah. So the Dark Crystal wasn't in your rotation. It really wasn't. Other than you know, uh, I watched Labyrinth. Well, I mean, there's there <laughs> there's a lot of the same special sauce in that, but yeah, I I'm just saying they. They always seemed kind of like a hand-in-hand to me for some reason as a child. And now as an adult, I see why. But uh, I always gravitated more towards uh, Labyrinth than Dark Crystal. And so, yeah, I would I would definitely need a refresher before I jumped into the series. Yeah, and um, uh, hmm. Dark, Dark Crystal is one of those... You know, your parents make the mistake of going, oh, it's Muppets are animated, just watch it. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah. Because Dark Crystal is a dark movie, dude. There are uh, things dying left and right. There's, like, people just getting wiped out of existence. I mean, with no... You're like, oh my god. Like, they just... People just die. Yes. Like, whenever... Trippy as heck, whenever the... um one of the old, uh, the elders just, you know, he's there and then he's gone, you know, and you learn why later on, but like this dude just, you know, part of integral and, and just dead. He's gone. He's out of existence. You're like, Oh, you know, as an eight, nine year old watching that, you're like, Oh, existential crisis. I don't need this. Yeah. What is going on here? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about this. Now we did learn some news this week about, so, Marvel now owns Fox Studios and has the rights to all these characters. But did you know, back in the day, Fox was going to try to pull off super crossover with all their characters? This is nuts, dude. You know, we had um, some news drop about... So Fox, after... uh, What movie? After some of the X-Men movies... Uh, was going to do a major crossover with all the characters they had. Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, all of it. They were going to do it, all of it. Yeah. Uh, Zach Stentz, I believe, was talking to um, Kevin Smith, and I did listen to this podcast. And um, after the X-Men First Class movie, they were going to do a super movie, an in-game movie with X-Men, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Deadpool... You know, everything they had. They were going to throw everything in the pot. <laughs> I mean, it, first it class... It would have been awful. 
Well, I don't know. First class is a... I, I like the where the new X-Men movies were heading. Of course, not Apocalypse. But, you know, the First Class and Days of Future Past were pretty good movies. And if they had a story where all this would have worked, I mean, not that I would not want where we're at now, but that would seem kind of awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I think they could have majorly screwed it up. Well, uh, another thing about it was this movie was before the new Fantastic Four movie. And it was written by them, but Josh Trank wanted to do his own story, and that's the Fantastic Four movie we got. So don't Ugh. factor that in, because that was all Josh Trank. This was before that. So Wait, we could have got it. It was just kind of crappy. <laughs> so yeah, dude. I it think been, it would have been totally different. Street level, like Daredevil, of course, then. then we probably wouldn't have been able to get the Daredevil series and all that. So I just We're wanted to say that was, that was kind of a, you know, what could have been. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. You imagine Ben Affleck, Nicolas Cage, all of them on the screen at the same time. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. You got to remember, too, like Sony could have bought, like you mentioned earlier before the podcast, uh, Sony could have bought all this up and we could have been in a whole different universe. Uh Oh yeah, if Sony had bought it all. Jeez, what a what a cluster that would have been. It'd have been awful. Now, now you posted something, and and I watched this, and this is very interesting to me. So, so there is lost footage of Quantum Leap. So the sto- as the story goes, and this is this has been a major thing with anybody who used to like Quantum Leap. I loved Quantum Leap. I loved Quantum Leap. So if if you've never seen Quantum Leap, you know, it's the story of Dr. Sam Beckett. He he goes back in time, but not like physically. He, he inhabits people's bodies. His consciousness switches out with somebody in the past, and he, he you know, fixes stuff in the past. Helps them through situations. Blah, it's, like blah. A, it's like a unique take on Doctor Who, kind of. And uh, really loved this show. I was really into it. I ha- I own all the seasons, but the ending and spoilers. Uh, if you don't want to know the ending to a show that ended in like uh, 2000 and whatever, he has this one big episode where he kind of meets quote unquote God, who's a bartender, and yes. you know he has some resolution about his life, and then. It ends and says he never he never makes it home because he spends the rest of you know whatever he's doing doing what he's been doing you know fixing the rights of the fixing the wrongs of the past yeah and he he never goes home like he kind of has a he had this this episode and he's done it before like he leaps into his younger self in an episode you know there there's a great storyline so this doctor. When he was young, his brother went to Vietnam. He died in Vietnam, and, and he grew up on a farm. And you know, he he's this, you know, he was born for greatness, but he was out of out of out of humble beginnings. Yeah. And he leaps into his young self, and of course, he's obsessed with trying to save his brother from dying in Vietnam. That whole episode, and of right. course, he can't. You know, he can't yeah. change that. It's like a fixed point. But. Can he? Because the next episode, he leaps into one of his brother's buddies in Vietnam. And, you know, he ends up actually changing something. And, 
it, the whole show, I can't explain the whole show to you because, I mean, it's it's got great mythology. Like any show that I do love, it's got great mythology to it. The two characters, Sam and um, Dean Stockwell, uh, but uh, they both have great mythology. Like even the Dean Stockwell's character has mythology in the show because they also... Uh, of course, do something in his past. And they have an episode where he jumps way beyond. So, like, he can only jump within his own lifetime, from his birth to his death. Well, they even have an episode where he goes outside of that because he has an ancestor that is closely, you know, like his DNA is close to him or whatever. (laughs) It's like a Civil War kind of episode. And and it's kind of neat, too. But, like, anyway, it ends and... We get nothing else from it. And the show ended on a high point. It, you got to go out on a high point, you know. Right. Um, but, so what recently came up is there's video footage of after the ending of season five or season six of um, Quantum Leap. It's of uh, Dean Stockwell talking to his wife. And if you, if you, his wife, I mean, you have to know the mythology of the show, but about trying to go back and rescue Sam to get him, to get him out of this, you know, where he's gone. Whatever. Yeah. So there, there was hope for a next season. So, and nothing else, nothing has ever been, been seen of this. Like people have never responded like, they've always asked these questions about, you know, the creators and everything. Like, oh, well, you know, where was the next season? Oh, no, we planned on ending it here and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it looks like they filmed, you know, footage for a season six. And that's really exciting. You know, I've always hoped that we're they, we would one day get a Quantum Leap movie. Um, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, which would be awesome, but I mean, everything, everybody's older, and I mean, they could do it from that perspective. Now would be the time to do it, you know? They're older, and uh, Dean Stockwell's finally figured out how to find Sam, and oh, that'd be great. I would love for a Quantum Leap movie to happen. We got, If we're going to change crap, let's let's change this. Let's sign an online petition. Quantum Leap back. Oh, change the ending. Oh. That would be awesome. Do it. <laughs> do it. You can make a petition for anything nowadays. It's all good. So, Sean, what about your petition that uh, you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> just the rumor that I want to be true, you know. Um, well, it, it, it's about bringing Deadpool into the Marvel MCU, you know. The, the rumors are that it could be in Spider-Man 3. I mean, don't you think this needs to happen? Don't you think Deadpool, Spider-Man, that's the link. That's what you go for, is you replace Tony Stark with Deadpool, and you let Spider-Man take the reins. Yeah, but, I mean, really? Uh, yes. But, okay, so, yes. Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, they specifically said, we're probably going to uh, change everything, except we'll probably keep Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Which... Yes is confusing in a continuity standpoint for moving forward, whatever they're going to do, but is amazing in what they're going to do. I would. This is the only way I'd love to see this. But now, you'll have kids. So what do you do here? Do you, you, you make a PG Spider-Man movie with Deadpool, who, who keeps referring to why he can't cuss in this movie? Or do you make a Deadpool movie that stars Tom Holland just pops in for a minute that's rated R and have kids go, oh, we can watch this and Spider-Man's in it. 
I, I just think uh, you See, let because, Deadpool. Here, here's what you do. But that would be hilarious because that would be a hilarious Spider-Man movie that's PG with Deadpool, and he's constantly going, "Why can't I bleep say? Where, where is this bleeping?" And Spider-Man's like, "What are you talking about?" I, I think I think you uh, you know you can dial um, Deadpool back to PG thirteen for his appearances in the MCU and when he's in a solo movie you let him cut loose it, it's the same way in a lot of the comics you know there, there's a lot of times when Deadpool's paired up in the comics that he's not full on Deadpool and then you read his solo books and you're like there's the crazy guy I like I, I think you can pull the same stuff off with the movies or at least I hope you can I really do. It would it would be so much fun to see these two brought to life, you know, together. Uh, just because of their unique relationship in the comics, I think I think as many as many fan service things as the MCU gives us, it's really not too much to ask for Spider Man and Deadpool to share the screen. I'm just excited for whatever they're going to do next. I'm ready for them to announce something. I want to see a. A, te- a teaser, a stinger in uh, uh, Far From Home that has X-Men in it or something. Or has Deadpool in it. Oh, that'd be the best thing. Like, you, the, 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 the stinger for uh, uh, Far From Home is a another scene from Deadpool, like, all in the bathrobe. Like, hey, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, it's a slow week, so that's all we have for news, but it wasn't a slow week for what we like to call Local Hall. And I actually have Local Hall because I was with Ricky, and uh, he assisted me in finding Local Hall. It it was fun, dude. Oh, what did I walk away with? Man, let's see. I got X-Men 42 uh, Classic Dark Phoenix Saga, and I got some Spider-Man... Team up with Moon Knight 144, X Men number 30, The Wedding of Scott and Jean, and then I got me a uh, Web of Spider Man 100. I ended up, now this is separate from our little adventure, but I ended up getting a Star Wars Marvel Run number 76. Very nice Darth Vader cover. Now, with you, I, yeah. you know, we walked into this, uh, you know, flea market. I walked away yeah. with an Amazing Spider-Man number 147, which is in pretty good condition. Yeah, awesome. that's awesome. I did pick up a couple of Eternals books. You know, this is the Jack Kirby run of Eternals, uh, the first Marvel run, 30 cent issues, uh, number five and number eight. You know, they're working on that movie right now. Yeah. I ended up getting, I think this is where I also got the Star Wars, a couple of Howard the Duck, 25 and 27. I got Marvel Premiere featuring Star-Lord, number 61. I did get the Savage She-Hulk, my first. Now, I thought I'd had some of these before. I do have the John Byrne run She-Hulk. I'd have some of those, but I do not have the original run of She-Hulk. 24-25. 25 is the last issue. Nice. And a couple of my favorite comics of all time, uh, Comic Runs, uh, the original What If series. Uh, what If number four, if the invaders had stayed together after World War II. And What If number seven, someone else had been Spider-Man. Uh, with stories of uh, uh, John Jameson, the man-wolf. 
Flash Thompson or Betty Brant, aka Spider Girl. That would have been awesome. And then uh, Sean also gave me some comics. I wanted to thank him for a 100 penny press version of Transformers number one, which I didn't know I wanted, but now that I have it, I am so glad. Thank you, Sean. And also uh, that Daredevil, and I don't have it in front of me. Is it 140? 181. 181. Frank Miller Daredevil. Iconic cover, and it's a beautiful copy. Thank you so much. I didn't know we were counting that as local hall because Ricky loaded me up with how many? 60? 50? A few. A few. uh, 50, 60 books, including a Thor 160 and an X Men 42, which are amazing. I'm now my biggest thing, dude. Now I see why you had them in the bags that you did because I'm having to rearrange certain books into certain bags so that I can have those in some Silver Age bags. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through. I'm going through my Silver Age, and I'm like, do I really want this Silver Age bagged? No, X Men. X Men gets this one, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna send them off to get pressed just to see. Just to see how they come back. Why not? What's the worst? Well, I can press fun, them but... for free. <laughs> well, then I need to talk to you about some pressing later. Oh my god. That's ah. awesome. But anyway. not only not only did we exchange a bunch of comics, and I appreciate those, dude. I really do. Um, not only did we go on adventures hunting for comics, but we got to see a pretty good movie, in my opinion. We got to watch Brightburn together. And it was we were the only ones in our entire theater. Well, it and was, it, and it was, it was awesome. Eleven o'clock in the in the morning on a- eleven o'clock in the morning on a Thursday when it was kind of rainy the night before, and we ate chicken and waffles and watched Brightburn. Oh, and it was great. Let's talk about the movie experience for a second. So we went to the movie tavern, which this is my first experience with the reserve seats, the reclining seats, the, hey, we'll bring you drinks, we'll bring you food. Dude, that was yeah. the... So I haven't had chicken and waffles uh, that often. I, I did have some recently at the Purple Onion in uh, Conway. And these were just as good. Man, I ate too much. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. Had a ton of great food. And and what I liked is the fact that we got there early. We were able to order our food as soon as possible. I'm sure it helped the fact that we were the only ones there. But the really nice thing that I found is right about the time we finished our meal was when the movie came on. And it was like... Well, they timed this perfectly. I I loved it. I loved it. Great experience. Incredible movie experience. Now, let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about Evil Superman the movie. Um, Evil Superman the movie. So, James Gunn uh, produced, written by his brothers. And... Not Sean Gunn, but the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> so... It is, spoilers for Brightburn. It is it is a dark take on Superman. Uh, it's right up front about it. It's not hiding anything. The trailer basically looks like a Zack Snyder trailer. Yeah, yeah kind of. With uh, that swing set and all that stuff. But I, I was very 
apprehensive about this movie. I had low expectations for it. Sean was super excited for it. Uh, I know both of these are going to be yours, Sean, but why don't you talk about it first? Uh, I walked out super excited. I thought I thought this could be the start. If if this gets a good enough response, I would love to see where James Gunn uh, and his brothers could take this series because I, I think this could be nothing too elaborate, nothing huge and over the top like a like a Marvel or a DC or anything like that. But I think you could take this into a fun trilogy where no one wins and and that is the fun part that is what i love you know <sighs> is is this this take where there doesn't always have to be a redeeming moment well see okay so we talked about this and i am fine with this movie i, I it was very fun it, it went places where you expected and also didn't expect a couple of times and yeah. Yep. It was done really well. I normally hate movies that do and spoilers that 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 who wins shouldn't shouldn't win or or you know the good guys don't triumph. And uh, this one I really it was done really well, uh, and the visuals were great. You know the storytelling was great. Uh, the twists were were good that they did. Um, and like I said, it is very blatantly evil Superman. Oh, yeah. And and it, it makes no bones about it. It doesn't care. It tells you right up front. It's fine. It's all fine. But I kind of want to see, you know, if it does do a trilogy, I want to see where the people of Earth have to come together and win instead of the superheroes of Earth come together, you know. And, and I know, well, that's not where, realistically, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'd want the last one to be, you know, they're defeated in some fashion. Yeah, it would be fun. Uh, I thought Elizabeth Banks did a great job. Uh, David Denman from The Office. I, I've always enjoyed him. Was that the he dad? A, yeah, that's the dad. Yeah, I really like the dad. Yeah, he was um, good. But but for me, who I saw, and, and I didn't even relay this to you afterwards, was I was so happy to see Matt Jones from Breaking Bad on there, the, the brother-in-law. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love Weasel so much. I love that guy in Breaking Bad, and it's awesome to see him on the big screen oh, doing great God. things. Oh, my God. Was that Weasel? Yeah. Baby, down your chocolate river meth. <laughs> yeah, that's Weasel, man. Oh my uh, god! And the and, and the boy, um, Jackson Dunn, I believe is his name. Uh, really great job. Uh, the this generation, you know, you and I uh, after the show, you were like, so was that a uh, Stranger Things kid or an It kid? You know, and, and it just got me thinking. Uh, we really have some amazing uh, child actors up and coming that are in the next 15 years are probably going to blow us away with with some of the things that they bring to screen. So I, I'm excited to see where this series goes. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I really hope we get to see more. So if you want if you want a fun uh, superhero film that is just upfront about you know just being an evil Superman, but you've always wanted to see it, 
this is your chance. Go see it on the big screen and support this movie. I, I, my opinion. Oh my god. He was 12-year-old Scott Lang in Avengers Endgame. That's funny. That's <laughs> awesome. Daggum. That is way cool. One of one of me peed on me. It, it could have been me. So yeah, dude, Brightburn. But not only that, uh, Friday, a TV series appeared on Amazon, and it was Neil Gaiman's Good Omens. And my friend, I have already finished the entire series. Dear Lord. It's only six episodes. It's only six episodes. So it's not like I binged 13 episodes or something crazy out there. It was only six. We knocked out like four of them on Friday night and then two of them on Saturday night. Let me tell you, for Mr. David Tennant fans, watch this series. He was absolutely incredible. Michelle commented last night, and it really doesn't give anything away. She just looks at me and she's like, David Tennant always knows how to make an entrance. She's like, it doesn't matter whether it's the doctor or what, you know. His presence on screen is always felt. Uh, Michael Sheen is his uh, angel counterpart. He plays a demon. And it's just, you got to watch the series to understand what it's about. Uh, you know, the friendship of a demon and an angel who have been around since the beginning of Earth. That's that's basic. There's more to it, obviously. But you need to start there. Absolutely incredible series. It's hilarious. It's funny. There's scary parts. Your All emotions will be enjoyed. And great series. I, I wish it was longer, really. Well, good. I've, I've been ready to watch it. I mean, it's based on uh, a Neil Gaiman, isn't it? Yeah, Neil Gaiman. And and there's several other Neil Gaiman references in there that, you know, as Neil Gaiman fans, you keep your eye out for them. Uh, it, it's just a really good series, man. All the actors involved, all the actresses involved did a great job. Just quality work by Amazon. Uh, you know, a- Amazon's another one that really always steps up their game for their for their front and center series that they like to bring on, you know. And uh, this is definitely a great one. You will enjoy it. Nice. After I finish Chernobyl. After you there's finish only, Chernobyl. There's only one more episode left, so. Yes. Well, I'll probably start Chernobyl soon. Oh, my. Well, my friend, do you have anything to add this week? No, we have no thrones to talk about. Daggone. No thrones. No thrones. Nope. Other than the fact that every time uh, we were watching Amazon and there's commercials and stuff on some of the shows that we were watching. Um, oh, no, that was Hulu. And for some reason, Dark Phoenix is stuck in the loop of commercials. And every time, the, the who is it? Uh, I just... Gene keeps going, oh, this feels wrong, but it feels so good or something. Michelle's like, could she act any worse? Like, it is just so bad. The trailer has cringe in it. It is so bad. So that's all I got to add. It was, I just find it, you know, the trailer is not helping me you out. You are on this always side. so down on stuff. You, 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 you kill me. You murder me. 
That's the reason. I'm I'm the demon, you're the angel, or is it the other way around? I don't well, know. I don't know. Whenever I'm talking about the the uh, uh, ham-fisted humor in Endgame, you're like, you and Anthony are yelling at me all day, so... Well, that's because that's actually funny. At Ricky Westbrook on Twitter, search Not So Southern Gentleman on Facebook, hit us both up at NotSoSoutherngentleman at gmail.com. Sean. That is, that is an email. Send us an email. I'm sure we're due one from somebody soon. Uh, right now, my only uh, social media that I'm staying active on is Instagram, and that's at Maynard98. So look me up on Instagram. Give me a follow. But and, before uh, we move on, I did oh. want to talk about, uh, Sean, have you seen what our friend Stevie is doing? I have not. Uh, well, he has, let me find it real quick. I did not okay. have the link up like, ah, God, what's wrong with me? Man, you, you got that right on the tail end. Good job. <laughs> I did. Um, he has a fundraiser for Seal Rescue Ireland. If you'll go to oh. Facebook and search Stevie Robinson, you can find it. He has, uh, he wants, he's supporting a good cause, raise money for Seal Rescue Ireland and your contribution will make an impact. Um, yes. You know, I, I do. Steve, I have. Uh, I followed the Seal Rescue. I think what he's involved in there is so cool, and I've wanted to bring it up here a few times, but I'm always like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. But dude, yeah. To uh, I think you can look up the Seal Rescue stuff and like their page. Um, you know, on your own, and you can watch like. I, I know since I've followed their page, I know I've watched at least a half dozen seals get rescued and released. And it is it is awesome because they're always showing like Facebook videos and keeping you up to date on the progress of these seals that have to be nursed back to health. And they, they do some really good stuff. So if you have the extra funds and you can help them out, definitely do it. Yeah, I'm putting a link up on Facebook right now. To, this is what we mentioned in the podcast. So once this comes out, you can follow it there. Just look at our page or find his page. Awesome. That's right. Great job, Stevie. Yes, good stuff. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. Y'all have a good one. All apologies to Joel. Not really. <laughs>